your personal journey, you started to realize those areas where you were taking pieces from your mother, pieces from your dad, and starting to realize that that's not necessarily the way that you wanted to show up. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Progress on Purpose podcast. We are a community of people who seek to be intentional about how we think and behave towards an intended goal. We believe that what we say, think, and do governs our ability to make progress towards our goal and ultimately lead to success. In simple terms, it's the action of being intentional and making progress on purpose. I am so happy to be back for this week's episode. If this is your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Progress on Purpose community. I hope that you would stick around, that you would join the community and continue to grow with us. If you are a pop listener, welcome back. Glad to have you back. I hope that by now you have officially joined the Progress on Purpose podcast community. What is that, might you ask? I'll let you know. Please make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast on whatever listening platform you are listening on. In addition to that, if you head over to makeprogressonpurpose.com, you will find a subscription to our mailing list available there for you so you can stay in touch as well as find out when new episodes drop. You can get discounts on the merch that's online as well as, you know what, just stay connected all together. This year, 2021, we're doing bigger and better things and you know what, we're going to do them together. All right, so stay connected. I just want to run through these announcements because I want to get right into this episode. It is one for the books, I promise. So by way of announcements, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for supporting the podcast by listening, subscribing, even checking out the merchandise that's available on makeprogressonpurpose.com. Guys, I so appreciate you. If you haven't seen the merchandise, you want to definitely check it out. We got some great teas and mugs there for you. My favorite is the God and Therapy t-shirt and mug because, yeah, you need both. And actually, all this month, I'm doing a special. So if you use the code G in T bundle at checkout, you get 40% off the mug when you purchase the shirt. Go check it out. Either way, I have it on the website there for you. And in the banner, you can see exactly what the sale is, but you definitely want to catch it because it's a great one. I also want to invite you to check out the YouTube channel that my family has started called Life the Hardy Way. On it, you can find some behind the scenes, things that we do, including dates, family nights. I mean, we just have a ball and we have a blast. Um, Of course, I am me, right? So I talk a lot about just being intentional in daily life because it's not always about the entrepreneurial journey, right? We have to live our daily lives. We have to be parents. We have to be um, friends. We have to be uh, siblings. And so everything around our life should be somewhat intentional, right? We have to plan out. certain things that we do so that we do them well. Okay, without further delay, I would like to introduce to you our guest for today. As a speaker, professor, and activist, Shantae J is committed to motivating, organizing, and building relationships for the purposes of accessing equity, education, social, and economic inclusivity, and sustainability. 
She applies these concepts in her own businesses and social endeavors. Shantae J has worked in both the public and private sectors in and out of the field. Professionally, she has served as a people developer and dream activator, empowering youth, professionals, and social entrepreneurs to discover their why and lead an impactful life as a good human. Shantae J's mission is to create safe spaces for personal and professional transformation. Her TEDx talk, You are enough explains exactly how she has been able to spread her message of embracing your own humanity and the humanity of others in order to improve yourself on an individual and community basis listen this interview and this conversation that we had is so 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 powerful and so impactful Sante really unpacks just the last 30 something years of her life. And we talk about so many things that she's learned over this time. And you can fi- you can even see how you can apply it in your own life. One of the key things is that we have to realize the impact that our upbringing and the surroundings and the circumstances that we have had, how they impact our daily life now and today and the key message that Chante brings home is that regardless you are enough so without further delay I introduce you to Chante J hello Chante welcome to progress on purpose podcast I am so excited that I could have you join us today more than anything, it brings me great pleasure to have this platform to share all of the awesomeness that you bring to the table with the world. And I know that um, with all that you have to share, more and more people are going to not just know how dope you are, but also be inspired to live intentionally, live on purpose, pursue their passions, and know that anything is truly possible. So I appreciate you for coming on today to share your personal journey. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the introduction and the opportunity to be present in this state and time. Yeah, definitely. So Shante, if you could um, tell us a little bit about you and the work that you do, as well as your personal journey to wholeness. Um, so in the world, I am a speaker, professor, and activist. And the first though, between the three, I'm a human. Um, and I say that because I believe that through, through, I'm sorry, excuse me, through humanity, um, and not only this love for others, but love for oneself, that there's the power in how we rock. And so in the world, I get to speak to young adults. I get to speak to young professionals. I get to speak to all professionals actually. Um, and then that also kind of that message of you are enough and that you deserve to be able to stand in your truth, which is what I talked about in my TEDx talk entitled You Are Enough. Mm -hmm. And um, so having that message exists and the fact that you matter um, and just celebrating the dopeness, like the word dope uh, for me is about dreaming of possibilities every day, um, which is the name of my company, I Am Dope. As the professor uh, in the world, because you know, I'm trying to be multifaceted, but really multi-passionate, um, I get to work with students at NYU and students at a CUNY school 
where the opportunity to talk about the business, so social entrepreneurship and also public speaking. So talking about effective communication and teaching courses around that. And then finally, as an activist, that piece is really connected to me and the world and all the things that I care about, uh, from education to uh, sustainability, uh, to the social and economic inequality, um, but also equity at the core of all of this. And so what would life be like if we all had a chance and opportunity to do something based off exposure and access? Um, and as it relates to wholeness, so wholeness is something that I believe is a journey. You never get to whole. You always can potentially aspire to get there. Um, however, in my personal experience so far, getting to whole is the goal. <laughs> um, and I say that as an opportunity to consider that sometimes we're too hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I am guilty of that. Like being the oldest of seven, originally from Chicago, I grew up with a single parent mom who did everything. Um, she did everything for us. She showed up for us. She cooked for us. We did our chores. She made sure we did our homework. Um, and she made sure dinner was ready and spending time with us. And she worked on top of that. And I remember being a sophomore in high school and finding out my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And that in itself, it kind of like the connection around wholeness was that there was a piece of my mom that had shifted and I had no idea. Mm -hmm. um, so seeing this at such a young age with all the questions but no answers and <laughs> the fear of asking the questions, because as I always tell my folks when I talk about my mama, scared of two people, my mama and God. Mm -hmm. and my mama and God. Um, but being in a space of watching a, a Black woman who was on probably mm, 26000 a year salary, so that's nothing. Raising seven children mm. on top of battling breast cancer, on top of, you know, just being present. So I grew up poor, poor. <laughs> the one where when Payless Shoes wasn't cool before they closed, you know, down the, the store and uh, clothes that were too baggy for me. Again, this idea connected to wholeness because at that time in my life, I never felt enough. I never felt like I was good enough, pretty enough, and being bullied from time to time, either academically or just kids in the neighborhood just being mean. Um, and it's through those moments where not feeling enough and thinking about that lack of wholeness that I didn't know what to aspire to. But what I did try to aspire to was being perfect. Because I thought perfect meant that if I had everything together, that's it. That's like the thing. Um, so hearing the word wholeness, and I think about my journey from being a kid who, you know, unfortunately at a young age was molested, was raped um, by someone who was considered to be a friend. Mm -hmm. And for seven years, I didn't tell anyone, yet I was bullied for it. It's talked about. Um, and keeping that in. So then I didn't talk. So on this verge of trying to be perfect, I showed that up and I showed up that way academically. However, I didn't show up that way emotionally. Mm -hmm. Internally, I hated myself, wanted to commit suicide, didn't want to live here. What if I didn't exist here? Mind you, my mom did the best she could and she was dope. 
she made everything happen. And I, I speak in her, I speak about her in the past tense because um, unfortunately she's no longer here. And that anniversary is coming up 12-7, uh, December 7th, 2013 is when she passed away. Um, and still keep in mind, I'm sorry. I was just saying my condolences to you. Oh, received. Um, and even, you know, thinking about the transition piece, right? So there's power in that piece of transition that I'll talk about, like I'm getting there, um, when it comes to wholeness. Um, so, so yeah, so my mom doing everything and me trying to be perfect. Yo, I was serious. <laughs> I was always serious. Um, and I wanted to prove something. I felt like I needed to prove something to not even my mom. I felt like I needed to prove something to my peers at the time who I wanted to be friends, but I didn't understand friendship. I felt like I needed to prove something to my father who in my father's side, I am the middle child. Um, <clears throat> and for a very long time, I tried to do the, see me, can you, can you see me? Hey dad, see me. Um, which, you know, later down the line, the codependency uh, developed because of neglect. Yeah. Kind of thing, again, on this progression of like wholeness and wanting to be perfect, thinking about high school, thinking about college, it was about the grades. In high school, I graduated valedictorian. In grammar school, I was number two. <clears throat> um, so I was always striving to show myself um, academically and intellectually. And that meant that I was very serious, very like, um, <laughs> and trying to be perfect, trying to be seen. Yo, people would mistreat me. Um, from people who I thought were friends. And even, I, basically I was mistreating myself, to be honest. Um, and so where I am in my life now on this journey of wholeness, it's really around, for me, just peace. When I think about wholeness, I think about peace. At the age of 28, I lost my mother unexpectedly. It shifted not only me, of course, my siblings, but it shifted the people that had been in her world for so long. That shift created a different conversation around what it meant to be whole when a piece of you, the only person who has known you all your life, is no longer here. Yeah. And so thinking about this journey at 28, at the time I was living in DC, um, and I, and I tell the story about like, yo mom, my mom came to visit 13 days prior. Mm -hmm. My mom was here. Well, there in DC, um, at my apartment, I got to show her my life as a middle-class citizen. Again, on this, still this journey of perfection and showing like, ma, look, look, ma, look. But just showing her, you know, and having her be proud. And in that moment, also gifting her with her first and last flight. My mom was 51 when she passed away. And that was her first and only flight. And so again, thinking about wholeness and this journey of perfection after my mom passed away unexpectedly and that being traumatic um, for all my siblings and I, it was like, yo, who am I? Mm -hmm. Who am I in this world? Like I was just with my mom's and it was just her and I. And we were talking about when I was, uh, when she found out she was pregnant with me. Who am I? These questions that you want to ask, but now that you are a motherless daughter, you're searching. Who, who am I? Right? So, you know, you've experienced so much trauma, but not even knowing how to articulate that because you're trying to take care of your siblings who back in Chicago and you're in DC. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And then a month after my mom passed away, 
after being in Chicago for like three weeks after my mom had passed, I had left, I had come back that next month. And while I was in Chicago, the apartment that my mom had come to visit, the dishes that were still in the, the, the dish rack that she washed and I told her not to wash, mm -hmm. the towel that she used, the coffee cup that she had, even the DVD, the five heartbeats in the DVD player. Cause she slept on the sofa cause she just made it her own space. Mm -hmm. That apartment flooded. Mm -hmm. And I was homeless for 45 days. I just lost my mom. So in this pursuit of perfection and finally finding some type of groundedness, the day my mom had passed away, earlier that day before she passed away, I was in this like, what am I doing in my life? That, you know, at the end of the stage before you turn 30 and you're like, yo, am I, what's going on? Yeah. My job, but I my job, right? You know, yeah. like, oh. And having these moments like, why are you at a location or at a, in a position working for someone when you hate it? They're not valuing you. They're not respecting you. Yet committed. Committed and loyal to people who are not loyal to you. Again, connected to this whole idea of wholeness and perfection. And that happened right before my mom had passed away earlier that day. Um, and I felt when my mom passed away. So when I just spoke about before about on this journey of wholeness, when a piece of you is no longer here, I felt when my mom passed away. Like I felt her. And to have that moment happen, yo, it hurts. And as a black woman, as a black woman who has been on this space, not necessarily just about identity, um, but it could be, right? So I am in a world I would be considered to be a woman-loving woman. How do I identify myself? I still remember when I had come out to my mom, rather when she found out, and what that was like. Mm -hmm. The shame, the embarrassment of when that happened. When was that, like 2002, I think? Again, this wholeness piece. And so to fast forward back to when I had um, lost my apartment, I was devastated. Cause you know, I gotta eat, my siblings gotta eat, ain't nobody taking care of us. And that was the other reality too. My mom had been the 12th child of 14, yet her siblings, they didn't have a type close relationship. We were left on our own. They would check in, but not really. And we weren't expecting that either. It just hurt though because we lost someone. And so I had to like um, find myself while still putting the pieces together. And that didn't really work out too well. Um, because after a while, I was homeless for 45 days, sleeping on sofas, sleeping in hotel rooms. It was real. It was not fun. Um, and then just kind of like get into a space where I remember when I sat on the sofa and here's the other funny part about it. You know, you ask for things and God be like, okay, you sure? Sure. Mm -hmm. I passed away. I remember sitting on the sofa when I still, my apartment was still okay. And saying, I can't live here anymore. And God was like, oh, really though? And so after the flood happened, it just showed me another piece. Like I was broken. I, I hadn't healed. I hadn't grieved. I hadn't, I hadn't done a lot of different things that I didn't know because I didn't have guidance. I didn't, you know, I had folks and mentors who had been present um, and were offering support the best they could. Right. But you know, after a while, people got to get back to their lives. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm the oldest of seven. And I take it very, um, I, I take it, it's a very significant thing for me. Um, and so just balancing, like living in DC, the apartment got flooded. And at the same time, while my apartment was flooded, I was trying to find somewhere to stay. And my students who I had worked with at the time um, had experienced my mom when she had come to visit DC. And unfortunately, not unfortunately, well, no, I didn't have a guide. Like I didn't know that they were gonna be impacted that they, the way they were by her and the loss of her. So that was a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really like not understanding what self-care was, it wasn't a mantra where AKA hey, self-care is vague, none yeah. of it, right? It wasn't the self-care Saturday, or, like it wasn't any of those things. And I wasn't, I was just, I was lost. Um, and still kind of then pushing myself to be perfect, trying to figure it out, trying to make do. And finally I moved to New York and I'm, I'm, I'm putting these things in as far as the, the kind of like perspective. I was a kid from where statistically people don't make it out out Mm -hmm. and the ambition, the curiosity, the support from my mother supported me to go as far as continuing to be out in these worlds. So first generation college graduate, I graduated by Victorian high school. Here I am at predominantly white school for college, went there then graduated. And then a week later I'm in DC and I lived in DC for five years on this journey of perfection, not whole, because I didn't understand what that meant or what that was. Mm-hmm. And so really that being a piece of, of, of heartbreak, of not wanting to, um, not, not even knowing like, oh, you're supposed to like study yourself. You're supposed to study and grow. Um, and eventually I end up leaving um, the organization that I was with because the loyalty was like clear to me that in order for me to make a shift, I needed to make a shift for me. Mm-hmm. Um, again, still pushing. No therapy at the time, by the way. Still mm-hmm. trying to figure things out without therapy, knowing I needed, but just not making the time. Not saying that I didn't have the time. I just didn't make it because I was so quote unquote busy and caught up in what was happening in the world. Um, but I kind of like in my own right, the things that were, were happening in my life. So again, connected back to wholeness, like not knowing what that was until I started rocking out in Brooklyn. And I will say once I started rocking out in Brooklyn, it had become a different thing because people were connected to being, you know, holistic and natural and all of these dope things. Um, And where I sit, I tell people that uh, Chicago raised me, D.C. prepared me and um, New York enhanced me. Mm-hmm. And advancement happened at, I moved to New York at 28, at 28? Yeah, I think I was 28. Yeah, I moved to New York at 28. Um, was that 27 when my passed? My apologies. Okay. Yeah, I, I was 27. No, I turned 28. Yeah, so I moved to New York at 28, going on 29 or 29. Anyway, it was 2014. Um, <laughs> and while I was here, when I had come here, I started looking at things differently because in DC, it was about, oh, so where do you work? What do you do? In New York, it wasn't. It was like, yo, you want to link? You want to roll? You want to make sure you grow? I let's bet. You got a dream? I got a dream too. Let's make this happen. And there was a different level. So I was no longer stuffy and working on perfectionism. I was trying this life that people did as like freelancers. Like people do this stuff. 
what? Mm. Um, and I bring the career aspirations or pieces in because it also is what anchored me. At least I thought it was. It actually held me down. Because so? I, 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 you know, had I known that at one point to be able to hone in on certain skill sets or being able to see myself as a speaker sooner or being able to advance that, again, access, access to an exposure and knowing, excuse me, that I get to fail and that's okay. Like mm -hmm. failing fun. Yeah. When you don't have access, it's not. You got to keep pushing. You got to have that 401k, the same thing that I had to withdraw for, from in order to pay toward my mom's funeral. Mm -hmm. you know, you, and, and that was an, another kind of instance that kind of connected to this whole journey of wholeness and perfection and not wanting to repeat these steps. You know, and it's, it's just like um, being in, in, in New York taught me more around People just don't sit behind desks. So the whole startup culture, because I was a part of a startup at the time, and I made it my life. But again, I had been busy my whole life. I have been busy since 14. Mm -hmm. But see, I was busy doing nothing. I wasn't honing in on skills. I wasn't spending time mastering, which I think, again, is connected to wholeness on this journey of peace. Because when you take the time to be still and you master, it's a different level to you because you're spending that time with you. Any time you spend with yourself is self-care. Mm -hmm. That was something that my uh, colorist had said, Judith. She uh, had said to me, I wanna say sometime last year, and she was just sharing like, you know, I don't, she's, um, she was talking about um, Americans and how not understanding how, you know, like we make such a big deal. Oh, self-care this, oh, self-care that, oh, you know, and not to mock it, but just the reality that Anytime you spend with yourself is self-care. And she had given me the example that when she's in the shower, that's her self-care. You know, like, so just thinking about those moments for myself and, and really, again, this journey to wholeness and, and, and kind of wanting to be in a space that was more intentional, mm -hmm. honestly, like real talk, real talk, didn't happen until last a year and a half. Right, Sean? 2018. So in 2016, I left the nine to five world. Panicky, during that time, I, for 10 years, um, I had back pain. I had back pain. I couldn't stand for too long. I couldn't sit for too long. I couldn't do things for too long. Yo, it was not what's up. Again, let's connect this to wholeness and really understanding your body, spending time with your body. Right. I about that life. You know, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. She held it down for 19 years, was never in remission. She had all kinds of other ailments. Yet she continued to push, 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 and push herself. And that's kind of like all you knew to do as well. That's exactly it. Watching that and knowing that, oh, okay, cool. And you know, again, as Black women, for me personally, it was seeing my mom. And the funny thing is that like, as a person, I'm different now than I was two years ago, but two years ago, up until two years ago, I was the one who had to show up. I was the one who was like, yo, I got you, even though I really don't have myself because I didn't understand that, that being a nurturer and being a caregiver is connected to codependency. 
Hey, intentional people. I had to interrupt the show to tell you about a resource that I know we can all benefit from. As go-getters and goal-getters, sometimes we get stuck, we get hindered, and we find ourselves needing help in one area or another. I know personally, I lived for many years hindered by the opinions of others, which led to many insecurities and setbacks. It took more than prayer to get me out of the funk that I was in. What helped so much was talking to a licensed therapist who helped me get to the root of my issues so that I could build myself back up to see myself as God sees me. I began seeing a therapist on a consistent basis and it changed my life. This is why I'm so excited to tell you about BetterHelp.com. It is a secure online professional counseling service that is available for clients worldwide. Let me tell you about four things I absolutely love about this service. First, there is a break. First, there is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network that may not be locally available in many areas. You can log on to your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so that you never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like with traditional therapy. BetterHelp.com is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Progress on Purpose podcast listeners get a special discount of 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com P-O-P, which helps save more money off of this amazing service. Visit BetterHelp.com P-O-P to start a conversation today. You never know. It may be the most important conversation of your life. That's betterhelp.com slash P-O-P. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash P-O-P. Let's get back to the show. Mm-hmm. It connected to feeling neglected by my father and at times seeing my mom show up for other people and not wanting her to feel that way. My dad did the same thing too growing up as well. And I don't really talk about my father as much, but he was in my life when I was younger. Um, and then at one point it, that shifted because I was idolizing him. I was a bit tomboy because he didn't have any boys, but he wanted boys. My father is known to be a world champion kickboxer. And so my mom, Marlene Edwards, she was out in the street, but she was like a grassroots organizer. Mm-hmm. Never looking for the fame finished high school and made magic happen, wanted to go to college, but never finished. My father, known to be a world champion kickboxer, Manson Gibson. And in the world with him, you Google him, you'll see him all over, known as the the black butterfly. Mm -hmm. And so I had different levels in my my childhood that was like, again, we talk about wholeness. My dad showed up for a lot of people too, and he only knew what he knew as a father. Right. But again, go ahead. Now I was going to say, and that's how it is. It can, that's how things perpetuate. You can only show up to the level of what you know. Right. And, and I, I'm hearing you talk about how on your personal journey, you started to realize those 
areas where you were taking pieces from your mother, pieces from your dad and starting to realize that that's not necessarily the way that you wanted to show up. And that's so true because in 2016, when I um, had a really bad back injury, so what would happen for me, and this happened for 10 years, you would think I would really do something about it. I just chopped it up to whatever the doctors were saying. Um, turns out I had fibroids. Didn't even know about them. What? What is that? Huh? My, my mom has already transitioned. Don't have anybody to talk to about who has known me all my life. Mm -hmm. And I have, I'm looking at this photo and I'm like, what? I go to three different OBGYNs. They're like, you got to remove them. Um, do you plan on getting pregnant? If so, you should do it now. They're this, they're that. And I'm like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm gonna work it off, right? I'm gonna work on losing weight. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna do the holistic piece. Yeah, it didn't work for me. <laughs> the pain still was there. Mm. And the reality is that I was feeding them and feeding it from the emotional trauma, holding things in, not releasing, from taking on the weight that I thought I was supposed to carry, but wasn't. Nobody ever told me to carry it. I just assumed I did because again, I took on this space of being codependent in relationships um, and friendships with my siblingships. <laughs> it was enabling so many different behaviors because I didn't have a blueprint. And the woman that you know I knew all my life up until she transitioned it when I was 28 was no longer here. Mm -hmm. And so again, taking all of that into account that in 2016, it wasn't until 2000 and it was until the end of 2017, I was approaching 33. And I remember feeling on my breasts. I'm like, yo, something ain't right. My mom was 33 when she was diagnosed, although they had known five years prior. Ain't that something? Wow. Yeah. And um, so I was freaking out, right? I was like, oh my gosh, you know, touching on myself all this kind of stuff. So I finally went to the doctor, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and I was getting regular checkups. I had found an OBGYN who had shown me um, my fibroids and this time I paid attention. Mm -hmm. So the other times, like I said, like I had seen three OBGYNs and I, I was like, okay, okay, okay. But I really, I wasn't ready. Right. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready because I, I just, I was, I was taking on everything else. I had to do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. But never do, it was it, I have to take care of myself. The fear was, who's going to take care of me? Mm. And not really, you know, like that, that, that thing, like that would be my mama. My mom spoiled all her children, you know, to the, to the, to the, to the bone. Like we I was spoiled in ways of love. Mm -hmm. And I say that as it connects to, um, my mom's funeral was during a blizzard. So her celebration home going was during a blizzard in Chicago and over 350 so people showed up mm. and more would have shown up if they had an opportunity to get there mm -hmm. right i was just home um last month in chicago i kid you not running on a block and not even close to the block but in the vicinity of, of where I, I grew up and my siblings still live in the house people coming up to me telling me about how they miss my mom it's coming up to seven years now that she's transitioned but that presence of her yeah. So again, seeing this woman do all of these things when it had come to my health, I was like, mm, I don't know what to do. I started doing research. You know, I started talking to other women 
and start understanding just how present this was in the black community. Like, yo, yes. Why are we talking about this? Why am I 33? And I, I remember when my cycle changed. I remember when I start preparing for my cycle because it was so painful that the, the heaviness of it, the shame even connected to that. But I would just, what I did, I just took the pain. Right, endured it. Endured it because that was what I knew. And understanding that that was how you had to get through. Nothing ever said or occurred or there was never a question. Shantae, how's your cycle? On a scale of this and this, how's the pain? None of that. I thought that was normal. Right. And it makes sense too, because you're, all your life, you have been used to pushing yourself to perfection, right. pushing yourself to endure, pushing yourself regardless of, you know, whatever the circumstances were. So this was no different. And now, and that's the, the other part when you, again, talking about wholeness is that push, right? You feel like I got to, I got to, I got to. And it's going back to how I talked about being a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Yo, I was so like tight with things, like not having fun or I would hold things in emotionally, but that push, 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 I'm gonna get through this, I'm gonna endure this. And that's how I looked at life. Mm -hmm. That's why I settled for less, whether that was what adds the career, when it had come to numbers, I didn't know how to advocate for myself. Self-advocacy, huh? Who that is, you know, like, hmm? I don't know what, you know, and so really just doing it, like to get by, because you know what I didn't want? I didn't want you to be mad at me. Mm. I didn't want there to be any conflict. I wanted you to remain calm. I didn't want to cause any problems. And so that goes back to childhood, right? That goes back to other situations and scenarios that at that time, it was a matter of, okay, Shantae, what you gonna do? And so to fast forward 2018, I had the mammogram, it showed up negative, and I had to make a choice. The pain was existing, it was not fun. I had to make a choice to get the surgery. And the surgery is a myomectomy to get removed the fibroids. I did my research for like two years, and the pain, like my back would literally freeze up. I would have muscle spasms. It was not fun at all the heaviness of my cycle, but just the pain of like, literally, like I would, I run one wrong sneeze and it happened. And that's how I found out I had fibroids. I had one wrong sneeze, walking down in Brooklyn, do a little, I had on some Uggs, I did a little slip slip on the ice, caught myself, get down to the World Trade Center cause I'm on my way to Jersey for work. Yo, your kid drops her, um, her bus car, picks it up and can't get back up. Wow. And then here's what's so unfortunate. My ASS decided that, oh, you know what? I'm going to still go to Jersey. Why am I going to Newark and I can't even get up? Literally bent down. It hurts to move because my muscles are tightened. The tension will be released when they're ready. I'm pushing myself. Getting on the train. I got on the path. I was in so much pain. It was not okay. But again, going back to that moment of, because of that, I had gone to Chicago, and that's when I went to a chiropractor who did a pelvic x-ray, no, who did it a, a regular back x-ray, had seen something, was like, mm, there's something not right. Mind you, she's a specialist telling me this, that when I get back to New York to go and get a pelvic um, MRI done. What? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So getting that and then having to make the decision to finally get them removed, which also meant that I wasn't going to be working for some time. I had to schedule around this time. I had to do all of this time. I set a date for October. Nah, October didn't happen. I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. My mind wasn't ready. I psyched myself out and I, I just had to do it. I wanted to do it before the end of the year. Still didn't happen. January, like we get into 2019 and I'm in, I'm in a space where, again, pain, pain, pain. So at the end of December, <clears throat> I was scheduled to get it done December 17th in 2018 and I get to the hospital get undressed I'm ready yo I'm so ready I'm like yeah uh-huh did everything no I didn't still doing the most the night before I went on that Monday the 17th <clears throat> I went to a hot yoga class well why because I wanted to release and do all of these things mm -hmm. running around doing the most on Monday, I didn't show any signs of having any cough or anything like that. Go through do the paperwork, go through that process, get through that process, get in the OR area, steps away from the OR room. So I'm in the waiting room. I speak to the anesthesiologist because I've never had it before as I had known. And all you hear is, <coughs> he looks at me. He said, are you sick? I was like, no, I don't know where that came from. He started breaking down what's gonna happen with the anesthesia, with the um, with me going under and getting the anesthesia and how I could develop pneumonia. I already have a compromised immune system. And basically he couldn't tell me, but he was telling me that I needed to wait. <clears throat> we talk about wholeness. We talk about taking care of self. I was not taking care of myself. And I was also mad because I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I psyched myself out. I told the fam. I told the people. Um, the relationship that I was in at the time, we talked about it. We had the whole conversation. We were prepared. We were making things happen. Nah, that wasn't the case. Because he said what he said. And what he said was, it was a high chance of me developing pneumonia. Wow. So you know what I had to do? I had to wait because December 17th, my doctor doesn't do only do. She only does surgeries on Mondays. That following Monday was going to be the um, that following Monday was uh, Christmas Eve. And then that following Monday was New Year's Eve. So I was going to be able to go until January 7th, 2019. And this is so important because the number seven um, is very important. Uh -huh. It's important because, like I shared earlier, my mom passed away December 7th, mm -hmm. and I felt her pass away around 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I remember being in the grocery store and looking at the grocery store for champagne and lemons. I had just texted my mom five hours prior um, and told her, love you, too, after she told me, I love you. And I said, I love you, too, which was a powerful thing because she didn't. Excuse me, she had just started expressing like emotions in that way. Uh -huh. And that was something that I got to bring into the family. And what was really dope was that she said that. Mm -hmm. I'm in the aisle and all I feel is some pain in my heart. And I start crying like I lost someone. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until 20 minutes into that I'm on a friend. I mean, I'm on the phone with a friend. 
we're talking and then dude, I get the line beeping. It's my mom. All right, cool, pick up. It's child number six who was 18 at the time saying, mama not breathing. Mm-hmm. So my mom passed away December 7th, around seven. Her seven children buried her seven days later. And seven in the Bible represents completion. Yes. On December 7th, my mom spoke to over 40 people. She knew. She was connected to God in that way. Mm-hmm. And so that January 7th was like, oh, this how we don't do? Okay, cool. You know, and it's at the top of the year. But mind you, I had prepared my mind. I prepared my job. I had to take time off. But you know what I needed to take that time to do? And this is where I get to that point. In talking about recognizing wholeness. It was the first time in ever time. One, choosing to do the surgery was one thing. Following through was another. Preparing to go through it again, as far as the preparation for the surgery, was that third opportunity. Because for three weeks, I had to rest. I couldn't fly. I had already already planned on not going home to Chicago for Christmas because I would have been healing. Everything was set in place because of God. Mm-hmm. And it was finally my opportunity to quiet the noise in my head and just be still. And so for those three weeks, that's what I got the chance to do. I was still. I paid attention to my breath. I fixed that cough. I allowed myself to just rest, Netflix and chill, a lot of chilling on the sofa not doing anything, not like putting any strain on my body. And on December 16th, the night before I was supposed to go, no, no, um, January 6th, 2019, I had a moment where I took a deep breath and I remember taking a deep breath. I was like, I'm not going to let this night before be the same thing. So I didn't do anything at all. And on January 7th, I went, I was already prepped because I knew what was going to happen. <clears throat> the cough was gone and I went under the knife. And so here's what happened though. I went in for a myomectomy. Unfortunately, I was losing too much blood. There was gonna have to do a blood transfusion. I end up getting a partial hysterectomy. Mm. So at age 33, I am unable at the time to carry a child. Mm-hmm. Because a partial hysterectomy means that they remove your uterus and they remove your tubes. They keep your ovaries and your cervix. Mm-hmm. Which for me was powerful because I wanted to have someone in my womb, you know? Yeah. I wanted to have that experience. And when we think about the womb and what that means, um, that connection to being a woman. And here I am no longer having these parts of me and no longer having my mom to talk about it with. Yeah. And more pieces being stripped away. So healing from that has been the real journey to wholeness. So where, what is the single next step that you feel you need to do along this journey? Well, there's what's no, next. Yeah, there's no, there's no like single next step. So what I've learned in this year, so January 7, 2020 made a year of my surgery. Since then, a lot has transpired. Um, shout out to, you know, being in the 30s and life being like, oh, you. so what you're not going to do, Shantae, is worry about that. So what you're not going to do is stress about that. Right. And so and, these are like lessons that you learned 
as a as a result of this like you said seven year journey that you went on um lessons less lessons uh more so just opportunities i i don't like so how i look at things everything happens as it should mm -hmm. and it's by god's design and so I, I know like if people you know we can take our failures and see them as lessons we can take our wins and see them as lessons for me i see them as opportunities for growth mm -hmm. and that growth is more um and it, again it could equate for others as lessons for me over this past 34 years it's been my um it's been the journey to wholeness like i don't even think i, I think i was having a conversation with a friend when i think about wholeness i think about all of the different aspects because it shows up in health it shows up in finance it shows up in physical it shows up in intellectual it shows up in spiritual uh, mental emotional those are the things that kind of i connect it shows up in fun right mm -hmm. that is what i look at as a holistic view of wholeness mm -hmm. um and at the end, yeah and at the end of the day if i had the one word to describe all of that because it literally what i just kind of broke down those categories are in my reflection journal so when thinking about how I journal or how I go set um, and how now and moving about being intentional and talking about human potential as a coach. So when I'm working with people, either it's speaker related, either it's coach related, I'm talking to people about their potential, how accessing that piece of you and that potential. And so those different categories is saying that there will be some parts of that that's going to be like 10% here. 30% here, 20% there, and that's okay. Yeah. So where I am in this piece is peace. The fact that I get to have peace and embrace who I have become and who I'm still becoming. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so in three words of less, or less, excuse me, in three words or less, how would you describe your journey to wholeness? I know you told this story and um, we definitely appreciate it but if you could think of three words that really wrap everything up what would they be i am enough period love it <laughs> love it love it love it so what does progress along the journey look like for you um progress is reflection journaling routines more fun more space to breathe more space to spend time with family. Um, I don't overthink things anymore. I used to, because again, I was striving for perfection. Um, progress is really being present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Being mm. present. Yeah. yeah. Especially, especially in the journey that you uh, took and how for so many years you were just pushing and going and pushing and going. And I'm sure there were moments where you weren't present. And so now to realize like presence is, do you feel like presence is a form of peace for you? Presence is definitely a form of peace mm -hmm. uh, because how presence shows up for me. And even when you just pointed out that like, I spent majority of my life not present with me yeah. not present with the people in my life um in certain instances right so just kind of like to, to 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 give a little bit more to that i spent more time being present for others and not being present for myself that i had to learn in order to truly be fully present not even the fully in order to be present you have to first be present for you 
And so it goes back to that mask on first, mm. so hashtag mask on first, and really understanding that exists the honesty too, mm-hmm. because I um, just had an opportunity to, to go back to have a conversation with a friend of mine who reminded me of that. This past year, I've experienced a tremendous amount of traumatic experiences that have shifted a lot for me in so many ways and I'm still going through it. And people don't know. I show up and people don't know. Yet what she had told me, which I took to heart and really appreciated was she was like, it's okay, basically it's okay to be honest about not being present. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's like that part. And so for me, the, the power of presence and, and, and thinking about yoga techniques, thinking about the breath, thinking about this, instead of just being present, be also the power of the pause. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so to that point, what is or what would you say is one thing that people can do starting today to be more intentional and purposeful as it relates to this journey to wholeness slash, I I, I like how you juxtapositioned um, the journey to wholeness with the journey to perfection. Mm -hmm. And one of the, but even before, okay, so I got two questions. I want to know what is one thing that you can, um, that you would recommend that people do to be more intentional and more purposeful as it relates to um, that journey. But before that, do you feel that, do you still feel that perfection is your goal or are you now more so on a different type of journey? Because for a while it was perfection. So where has it shifted as a result of your experience? Definitely. So perceived perfection, if, if, I, if I could add something to that, what I perceived as perfection and how I showed up for people, I was imitating, I was pretending. Mm-hmm. I wasn't myself. And now the, the reality is no more pretending, just be you, be yourself. And in and adding around perfection, Perfection is unnecessary. It truly doesn't exist. Mm. I love that. Shantae, please tell people how uh, they can find you on Instagram, social media, um, online, as well as any products or services that you have that you could uh, offer to our listeners. Of course. So one thing I will say to the other question you had asked me, Mm -hmm. affirmations. Look at yourself in the mirror allow yourself to see the beauty that is you affirmations daily allow yourself to see your beauty i am enough i am powerful i am strong i am here and end it in those periods to find me you can go ahead and check out the social meets on twitter even tiktok and instagram right. <laughs> underscore shante j so that's underscore just one underscore s h a n-t-a-e the letter j and also online you can find me at www.shantaj.com what can i offer you me of course yo coach speaker let me holler at me um check me out i got some newsletter information coming soon so once you kind of like log on online to www.shantaj.com you can sign up for the newsletter 
I have some things coming. They're in the works. So if you get in now, you'll be able to know. Yeah, I love that. I do love that. And I'm sorry, I thought that um, you had answered the question uh, for the intentional uh, question when you had said, um, when you talked about perceived per per perceived perfection. I can't talk tonight. No, 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 it's good. No, no, no. No, no, and, and I think that, and I know we're kind of closing out, but what I, I just want to say for you, thank you. Uh, and the reason why I'm saying thank you is in gratitude because it's something about progress on purpose. It's something about having things and having conversations, yet it's really the power of allowing people to share their stories. Yes. And that is where the crux of humanity exists in our stories. And everyone has a different story and you get to have a platform that you're committed to and sharing that space with other people. So I just wanted to extend gratitude to you as an opportunity um, for you to know that, excuse me, the work you put in, the time you put in, the back and forth emails, the setting up, the investment is necessary and you are necessary. So thank you for showing up. Thank you for saying yes to the call and thank you for being just so dope-tastic. I appreciate you. Oh my gosh, Shante, I was not ready for that. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. I do, do appreciate it. Guys, you don't know, I've been trying to talk to Shante literally since November. So it has been a journey. And now I understand why it's been such a struggle because you have so much to say and so much value to add to um, this world. And I can see why you did the TEDx talk, but even more so just spending time hearing you share what you didn't get to share on your TEDx. You, mm -hmm. you gave on the TEDx, you gave us the, the after arrival, if that could even be a phrase, but mm -hmm. how you, what you got after you arrived and the result was I am enough. But now we understand the backstory of how you had to even arrive at that. And so going through the journey of perfect or perceived perfection to realize that peace is the ultimate goal and you are enough, period. Like that, that's your journey. And so thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Um, of course, of course. All right, we loving on each other now in your ears, guys. If it be continue, holla at me on another theme or project. I got you. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely connect, guys, with um, with Shantae at underscore Shantae J, and I will be sure to link all of that information, her website. Um, definitely connect so that you can have her come and speak. Um, you're located in New Jersey, right? No, nah, I'm in New York, oh. so... Yeah, I'm, but I travel. I travel, travel. I'm international. Let's just, mm -mm. we don't limit that. So, I know yeah. that's right. No, <laughs> I, I, definitely, definitely, definitely. So definitely um, hit Shantae up for that. Next week, we will be back with another great episode of your favorite podcast, Progress on Purpose. Thank you guys so much. Please hit that share button because so many people need to be inspired by um, all that Shantae said and the at the end of the day, you are enough. And if somebody just needs to hear that piece, that you are enough, period. I like the period at the end, like you are enough, period. Um, and if that's all that you needed to hear today, you got it and, and don't keep it to yourself to share it with someone else. Uh, but we will be back next week with another great episode. Take care.